0: Welcome to Practical Dermatology, the podcast. The Digital Medicine Society, or DIME, is a global nonprofit dedicated to advancing the ethical, effective, equitable, and safe use of digital medicine to redefine healthcare and improve lives. DIME recently released a new set of resources to advance the use of digitally measured nocturnal scratch as a meaningful endpoint for atopic dermatitis. These new tools, along with Dime's previous work to support digital clinical measures, lay the groundwork for future use of the measure in clinical research, technology development, and reimbursement decisions, thereby furthering dermatology research and improving the lives of AD patients and caregivers. We sit at
1: the intersection of healthcare and technology. And through convening multidisciplinary experts through applied research and communication and education campaigns to increase the capacity and knowledge of the field, we work together to advance our goal through tangible projects like this one on Nocturnal Scratch for uh, patients with uh, atopic dermatitis.
0: That's Jennifer Goldsack, the CEO at Dime. Jennifer and Lucy Sesnikova, who works as program lead at DIME, recently discussed their work and its impact on the field. The Digitally Assessed Nocturnal Scratch Project was the first project in DIME's Digital Measures Development Program. Lucy weighs in with why nocturnal scratch and atopic dermatitis were the right place for DIME to start with this new body of work. DIME has been really great in
2: developing and creating and publishing many frameworks and guidances how to use digital technologies in research and in healthcare meaningfully. And uh, some of them were also pointed at technology that collects evidence about health states of people from whether they're like research trials or drug trials, etc. So I think it was important that in this project for the first time, we meaningfully use most and like mostly all of these resources that have been created uh, previously to actually use them in a specific use case. So basically the frameworks are not worth anything if they are not used for some specific problems. And we found a problem that needed it, uh, meaning measuring scratching in people with atopic dermatitis and uh, we applied all of these findings there. So that I think was one of the main things that were really cool about it. Another one is that With this, we show that it is possible, that it can be done, and that this can be basically a blueprint for similar projects and similar work in the future, showing that, yes, this is possible, and this really will advance the field and research.
1: Lucy, I love that you talked about the implementation part of this um, and how our organization DIME has been working on defining what good looks like for the field. I think two things are important here. First of all, the backdrop of the use of and development of digital measures and digital endpoints in particular. So folks on the line may not be aware that actually for years now, among life science organizations um, and sort of medical product development companies, there has been an increasing utilization of sensor-based tools to really measure with the lowest burden possible on patients very high resolution, very complete data about the lived experience by patients and their care partners of their disease or their condition. In the last few years, we've also seen our regulatory colleagues start to get comfortable with these kinds of measures. In 2019, the European Medicines Agencies issued a q document about the use of digital tools. In December of 2021, FDA issued a draft guidance document on the use of digital health technologies. But what we've seen in the market is actually a proliferation of measures being developed and used, but lack of consensus Um, and lack of focus on what is most important to measure. And so when we think about what this project achieved and in particular how um, organizations from AbbVie and Janssen, Novartis, UCB, Pfizer, um, Advancing Innovation for Dermatology, Ulmerol, GSK, Leo, Lily and Sanofi all came together in the pre-competitive space to say we want to use better tools to more deeply understand the lived experience of atopic dermatitis and eczema for patients. We want to have better tools to develop therapies that work. And I think Lucy kudos to our partners who came to the table here um, and their willingness to say we're not going to put this in the competitive space. We want to do this together for the betterment of patients. When we think about that attitude that they came to the table with, and we think about why it's important that we're not using digital because it's a shiny object, but because we want to improve the care of patients, what were some of the specific research topics that you dove into with the team, Lucy? And what resources are now available to the field um, that our, our colleagues can access because of our commitment to publishing everything open access?
2: Right, thank you. So the topics that we dove into. First of them was uh, actual evidence that, yes, scratching and scratching at night is meaningful to patients. And this one was important because all of these new technologies and new digital measures should be rooted in patients' need and uh, in concepts and things that are very meaningful to patients. So we actually conducted research Uh, where we interviewed patients, surveyed patients, we collected qualitative quantitative data that we analyzed, and we really found that, yes, the people with atopic dermatitis and the patients, they do suffer uh, from nocturnal scratch and the consequences it has on their skin, on their sleep, on their lives and everything. So this was kind of the first big area of um a research that we dove into with our partners the second one was basically providing everyone with the same dictionary so we actually searched literature for terminology and definitions of scratching of nocturnal term and measurement period during which scratching is measured and we found out that there were a lot of discrepancies in what it has not been very well described so we did this for everyone uh and we created Not only like we not only came up with terms, but we also came up with measurement properties and ontologies, uh, meaning relationships between them, that everyone can use. And when they do, everyone will basically use the same mesh, the same dictionary for their measures, and they, they will be able to talk to one another, to share the data, to compare various technologies, et cetera. So the second part, the third part was um, very practical and action oriented, uh, and uh, we looked into how to deploy technologies measuring nocturnal scratch in clinical trials. This was really great because we spoke with the people and stakeholders from many different areas from not only industry, but also regulatory patients. Uh, investigators, researchers, and we really are, we're looking into what are those burdens on um, each of these people, how to make technology and its implementation more seamless for patients, but also for the people who stand behind the research, right? So what, that, what do I need to do? How do I pick the right tool? Uh, how do I put this into trial? How do I collect data? So this was kind of a uh, very action-oriented part of work. And uh, the last part was that we actually explored this measure in the future would be successful and implemented and bringing value bringing data how would payers look at it because it can also in this commercial space bring some value uh, for decisions about reimbursement about what tracks the people should be uh, giving given and taking uh, and uh, also how they could be uh, reimbursed by by the payers so these four areas were kind of the most but, well, we're the area where we uh, focus our work on and uh, I think it's covered a lot of ground for the project and for the for the results.
1: Lucy, I love how you've sort of walked through the core components of really making sure that this team used this opportunity to do everything necessary to advance the use of technologies appropriately to improve the lives of patients and for folks listening in, I want to reflect, and Lucy, you might have some ideas um, or, or additional comments on this, I want to reflect on some of the key moments of this work. So first of all, it's important for us to note that in addition to industry experts, we also had patients involved every step of the way. We had the we were very, very proud to welcome our colleagues from the National Eczema Association, from Global Parents for Eczema Research to the project team activities, as well as the in-depth research, Lucy, that you and the team led around um, sort of in-depth qualitative interviews, as well as a very comprehensive survey of patients um, with atopic dermatitis, including children and their care partners. To me, the moment that stands out in this project was actually when we had the first readout of the qualitative interviews. So our research colleagues who had summarized those findings came and reported out the true burden of not scratching on the lives of people with eczema. And Lucy, everyone on that call, every single scientist, every single member of industry was in tears by the end. It was so compelling and so powerful. Lucy, how should this shape our approach to technology generally, starting with the patient? Why is that so important?
2: Well, just because exactly what you have just said right so we cannot think about these new technologies new cool tools and you know shiny objects uh, in without the inputs from those who actually would benefit from it most and who would actually be using it wearing it charging it and uh, interacting with it in their everyday lives and I think this cannot be done without that patient input that we were lucky to have so for example even for me it was really uh, striking to find out like what all the condition brings with itself how it, it, it affects and impacts everyday life so for example we learned that not only people with the most most severe eczema would scratch at night and not sleep and have these troubles but also people with like mild eczema or even children and what it means for their parents that they cannot sleep as well they have to apply multiple Uh, baths, lotions, etc. And it takes a lot of time before they even go to sleep. So these details of people's lives that they shared during our interviews and also during our project meetings were pieces of the puzzle that actually created the whole picture, how actually the people are living with this disease and what causes them to suffer and why uh, their lives might be impacted. And that was basically a, a fine Like, um, sorry, that was basically the main kind of ground out of which we were, you know, on which we started to build all of our resources, all of our thinking, and how we want to shape this future technologies that would be measuring scratch. So, for example, you cannot use something that irritates skin. You should be able to use something that also. children can wear, it shouldn't be interacting with any kind of lotions that are on the skin, stuff like that. So all of these insights were important. And uh, really, without this, I think the work would not be so, um, so well done.
1: I agree completely. It would not have had the same value. The results, the data would not be so compelling. I think we would feel less confident about the importance of this work and the fact it's about patient care and improving lives and not about technology. The technology is simply a new tool. And to that end, Lucy, I think as we reflect on the different stakeholder groups who were involved, the clinicians were very important too. Those clinicians who treat patients with eczema every day And also those clinicians that we are asking to trust data um, from these tools and the clinicians that we may be asking to start using these tools, either as part of research or in routine patient care. I think that the strength that this team had was listening carefully to all of the experts and our clinical colleagues gave important voice to the need to make sure that solutions were not unnecessarily burdensome for them. They want to spend their focus um, and their time on the patient, uh, not a technology. They also want to be able to feel confident that the data and the information that they are being asked to consider um, is indeed reliable and trustworthy. This was a big focus for us. And Lucy, to build on the piece that you mentioned about the ontology, I think that's really important for a number of reasons. So for folks on the the line who may not be familiar with the term ontology, Lucy, you described it really nicely as essentially being the technical definition um, of this new measure. We really wanted to articulate that so that innovators out in the space, anyone who wants to develop a tool that would really work well for patients and for clinicians that can effectively and in a trustworthy manner measure nocturnal scratch so that we can make better decisions um, with and on behalf of patients with with atopic derm faster that they have a common framework to build to that takes out a lot of variability. It should incentivize the best innovators in digital health to come and make great tools for patients with eczema. It should incentivize the highest quality build and it should inspire confidence in the quality of tools that are being prepared for use in dermatology. Lucy, when you think about the ontology, what are some of your hopes for adoption of this framework, this shared definition um, of digitally measured not or scratch.
2: Yes, so as I said, we are hoping that this uh, piece will help people from industry, technology developers, vendors, but also academia and researchers to talk to one another better. So basically use the same terms and uh, all use the same definitions and the same concepts. Why this is important, I think that just because this whole project originated from the industry, I think it's their step forward and their will to let everyone know this is what we want to work with, this is what we would like to see, and this is how we will evaluate all of the new tools, technologies. So I think that it's a first step into direction where everyone can work together more meaningfully. So that I think is a really, really big thing because there was always that kind of doubt and uncertainty like, oh, how would we get those huge pharma companies using our technologies, using our hardware or algorithms, et cetera. And I think this is an important step to kind of give everyone uh, the power to uh, work together.
1: Yeah, Lucy, I really like that. And you've hit on a really important moment of maturity in the field of digital health, which is it's no longer enough, if indeed it ever was, for Digital solution companies to be building tools and hoping they find a home. That we not only have to be, but with these leaders in the field, we've established a new pattern for what good looks like. We've started to say we are going to build to the needs and specifications of the the clinical care providers, the clinical scientists, and most importantly, um, the patients that our industry is here to serve. We are not going to lead with the widget. We're going to need. We're going to lead with patient and clinical need. Other stakeholders, Lucy, who are important, are our regulatory colleagues. Um, tell us about how we engaged um, our regulatory colleagues, particularly from FDA, during the course of this work.
2: Yeah, so this engagement has been uh, really fun, and basically, people from regulatory from from FDA were either part of our expert workshops that we have done. So we invited experts from various backgrounds to discuss this problem, the value, the technologies, how to use it clinical trials, stuff like that. Uh, but we also had ad- used a dedicated avenue to discuss with FDA this particular measure and its value, its concepts and uh, target population and things that are connected with it via an avenue that is called critical path innovation meeting. And this is a type of meeting that uh, doesn't need to be connected to any kind of drug or um, or device but it is where uh, people or consortia can come to discuss new innovation or methodology or something that can improve the process of uh, evaluation of new drugs so, we did have this meeting, and it has been really, really amazing. It was ninety minutes with around thirty-five stakeholders uh, from the FDA, from various departments. We had people from uh, dermatology, from CDR, uh, CDR, which is radiological. Oh, sorry, CDRH, which is radiological health. So the devices part, and um, and also the CDR, the drug part. And the discussion has been really great. Mostly, we reached an agreement that uh, yes, this would be useful and meaningful as a new measure, but it needs to be well-defined, well-defined around its concepts, the target population and how it's going to be used. So that also our regulatory colleagues will have easier job evaluating this evidence when it comes to them together with the drug application or uh, in any other uh, way.
1: Um, Lucy, I was smiling away and no one listening to the podcast can hear this. Um, It's a nice reminder of the acronym soup we deal with every day in our field and industry. But I think that the time that the project team took here, that you and our partners took to make sure that we were bringing all stakeholders with us. We started with the patients, their care partners, the clinicians who care for them. We thought about good science. We took the time to make sure that we were bringing our regulatory colleagues with us. This, I think, is what good looks like when we think about advancing the use of digital tools to actually help instead of add increasing burden. And Lucy, in your overview of the products that we've put out into the field for folks to use, the last stakeholder group you mentioned were the payers, that we took a lot of time making sure that we correctly understood the incentives to do this work. And that's not to say that, you know, we're worried about money, but we have to recognize that incentives need to exist in order for the best care to become available to patients. Lucy, how do we bring um, our payer colleagues with us? How do we listen to their needs, questions, concerns about these new flows of data, this new type of information as they think about what value looks like um, for for patients um, and people with eczema?
2: Well, this is a difficult question, because usually, and this is something that is still being done, is that our payer colleagues have been the last to consult during any kind of development of either new tracks, innovation, uh, devices, etc. So... We and also DIME is trying to change the status quo and start to build this strategy around uh, payer acceptance and payer involvement very early on in research. And that is also what we did in the project. We invited them again to expert discussions and we were exploring exactly what you said, where that value lies for them. And we heard many different um, opinions uh, that all form a really interesting picture. And that is that we need to prove that uh, this is important to patients, of course, but it, it improves their quality of life. So we should make sure that if there is a drug that reduces scratching, the life gets better and we can measure it. Uh, another interesting thing that we heard was that we, and also any implementators, will we'll really need to think about um, the accessibility so that all, not only the people who have access to the latest technology smartphones watches etc can use this so also people who may not have access to those things and those gadgets can benefit from this measurement and from this new innovation so that's another kind of area to think about and the third thing was basically to make sure that it will also provide some kind of um, economical value and um, some kind of saving, whether it's uh, less, I I will not make it up, you know, less drugs, less creams used or less visits to the doctor. So all of these things play a huge part when talking to the payers. And we really would advise anyone who would think about any kind of strategy around a drug, a device, new motion, et cetera, to come consult them and to see, you know, where and how they see this value and how they would like to measure it.
1: Um, Lucy, I think that's such a nice summation. And I'm really glad that you spent some time talking about the importance of equity in all of this, access and equity to the, the tools and also to the improved outcomes that we are all optimistic about as we start to use um, these digital technologies in service of research into new medical products for people with eczema and also improving their care. If we think about what comes next i'm incredibly proud of the moment i believe this marks for the field i think in medical product research whether that's drugs biologics or even devices this project to me marks a watershed moment this was the first time that competitors from industry came together to say we collectively will collaborate to build better tools that we can take away and use to improve the way that we care for patients. This was done on an incredibly rapid timeline, Lucy. You and the team completed all of this work and published within a one-year period. There is enormous opportunity and need to improve the way that we care for patients. And I'm very proud of the work that you did and also the openness of industry, our regulatory colleagues, our payer colleagues, To these new approaches to better serve patients. Lucy, when we think specifically about how we hope this project will improve the lives of people with eczema, what's your greatest hope for what happens from here as a result of all of this work that you've launched within the last few weeks?
2: Hmm, That's difficult to say because there are so many things, but um, perhaps my greatest hope would be that this new, it's not really new, but this phenomenon or behavior or action, however you like to call it, of scratching that really exists, is there, is bothering patients, will get more attention from not only drug developers, but also clinicians and everyone who is treating the patients to really validate that uh, it is an experience for them that is bothersome and that affects their lives and can affect their sleep and everything that's connected with it. And that really it gets more, attention in research and in care uh, so that basically their lives can become better.
1: Lucy, I love this. And I think that what you've just articulated is the power that digital tools have when we build them to meet patient needs and we build them to be trustworthy. It gives us an opportunity and a set of tools to measure the facets of a condition that are most important to patients in a way that Uh, it can be broadly accepted if we do it right. I think it's no surprise that this kind of innovation started in dermatology, always at the forefront of innovation. Lucy, congratulations to you and the team for what you have done for patients. I am incredibly proud of this collaborative that you've hosted within our organization, the Digital Medicine Society. And I think that you have set the bar in the work that you have done for patients with atopic dermatitis for how we should be looking at digital measure and digital endpoint development across the healthcare ecosystem. It was great to be able to talk with you today about um, this success. All of those resources are openly available on the DIME website. And Lucy, congratulations to you and the team again.
2: Thanks a lot, Jen, and thank you for talking today and also for the leadership and everything also DIME has done for the project, because without you, this wouldn't
0: be able to happen. To learn more about DIME, its pre-competitive digital measures development project and newly released resources, visit dimesociety.org. Thank you for listening to this episode of Practical Dermatology, the podcast. You can find future episodes at practicaldermatology.com or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.